This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to the time! This is a show dedicated to helping singers, songwriters, and indie artists like you create leverage in the music business. What is leverage? It's a strategic advantage. It's the power to act effectively. It means they need you more than you need them. That's the only way you're going to get any kind of real deal. Labels are just not developing artists anymore because of potential talent. And publishing companies are having a hard time with potential writers. You're going to have to bring more to the table than just what the possibilities of what you could turn into. Uh, That's why we called it the climb. That's what you're going to need is leverage to be successful. And C-L-I-M-B stands for creating leverage in the music business. The genius that came up with that is my good friend and co-host, Mr. Brent Baxter. Brent is an award-winning hit songwriter with cuts by Alan Jackson, Randy Travis, Lady Antebellum, Joe Nichols, and more. And he also helps songwriters like you turn pro by revealing how to write like a pro, do business like a pro, and then multiple times a year, he'll connect you with the pros and give you an at-bat, an opportunity to see how you're competing in the real pro world there. You can find Brett very easily at songwritingpro.com. Once again, that's songwritingpro.com. And I would like to introduce you to my co-host, Johnny Dwinell. Johnny owns Daredevil Production. They help you find your sound, and they help you grow your audience so you can become the artist that everybody loves, so you can get paid. Daredevil has worked with multi-platinum artists like Colin Ray, Tracy Lawrence, Ty Herndon, and Andy Griggs, just to name a few. You can find Johnny at DaredevilProduction.com. That's production, singular, no S. And there is no S because there is no other Johnny D. Hey, man, how you doing? Man, I'm good. I'm good. I'm tired. I'm tired. We're The family was up till about midnight last night. Actually, I was up to like one something, but we were at the airport. Some friends of ours were coming in from China with their new daughter. Oh, wow. Instant 12-year-old or 13-year-old. I can't remember what she is. Oh, but my gosh. Yeah. So we took three of the boys. Ruby stayed at the house. She was sleeping. Uh, okay. my, you know, my parents were there. We didn't leave her alone. But right. we took the boys and, <laughs> and uh, you know, Ren got a ride out in Chinese, welcome home and stuff. We got to see them. So it was very cool. But I had a publisher meeting at 8 o'clock this morning and I had to leave way early for Nashville traffic. So you, so you got a, a long candle with the wick at both ends. I'm, I'm sleepy. <laughs> I'm a little sleepy, so my mouth might not work right. <laughs> Which is not good because this is my episode. Yeah, you gotta you gotta drive. I here. gotta drive this. All right. Well, hey, once again, we want to give a big shout out to our new partner, Disc Makers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, listen, we are proud. This this the Client Podcast is proud to partner with Disc Makers. They've been supporting indie musicians before indie music was even a thing. When you're ready to make CDs, DVDs, or vinyl, which we're going to be doing. Definitely vinyl with the Lonely Highway Boys. Cool. Or if you need to distribute your music and videos with customized USBs, Disc Makers is the only place you need to go. Order online at discmakers.com, which is D-I-S-C makers.com. Or give them a call at 800-468-9353. Once again, that's 800 468 
888-789-9353. And while you're there, check out the Guides and Resources tab and download some of their excellent free guides. They've just revised and expanded their home studio handbook, which has a ton of great advice and information for both newbies and studio veterans. So you can find them online at Disc Makers. Actually, the copy here says www.discmakers.com. Dot com that's d i s c makers dot com or give them a call at eight hundred four six eight nine three five three that's eight hundred four six eight nine three five three. Hey, uh, let's take care of a little business, too. Yes. Uh, and if you haven't joined the Climb community, please do so. Do Search it. for the Climb community. Do it. Do it. Do it. Search for the Climb community on <laughs> Facebook. Ask to be let in. We'll let everybody in. Just be good boys and girls, or we will roadhouse you. And subscribe to the podcast. That way, all the the uh, episodes and mini-sodes on Friday come automatically in your phone. Leave a rating and review, 30-second rating and review, five-star review. Let us know what you think. And finally, um, share it with somebody, man. That's the mm-hmm. best compliment you could give us, right? We appreciate it. So, yes, what we're talking about today is are your songs road ready? Uh, so, and I'll, we'll get to the review in a second. If you want your songs to have a better chance at commercial success, you're smart to care about what people want to hear on the way to work. So I'm going to tell you a little story about an, a meeting from my early Nashville days mm-hmm. after this review. Okay, yeah, this is a five-star review by Whiskey Soldier. Uh, Very quick review. It says, informative, entertaining, innovative. Great way to stay centered mentally as one aspires to make moves in music. And that's from Whiskey Soldier. So thank you, Whiskey Soldier. Thank you, Whiskey Soldier. Nice vocabulary there. Yeah, appreciate that. Appreciate that. Was that a tasty five-star? Yes, sir, it was. Oh, I love those. Thank you. There you go. All right, so we're talking about, as you're throwing your glasses, we're talking, Johnny's angry today. No, he's not. It's been a rough morning already. It has been. It's been, <laughs> it's been a full day this morning. So, all right, so, are your songs road ready? What, if you want a better chance at commercial success, it's smart to care about what people want to hear on the way to work. So, early on in my Nashville days, I sat down with Ralph Murphy at ASCAP. Now, if you're not familiar with Ralph, you need to look him up, Google him. He's great. He's a songwriter, mentor. He's He's, you can find him all over YouTube. He's, mm-hmm. you know, he's a hit writer himself, and he's just he's this interesting cat, and he lays it down. So, I was meeting with Ralph over at ASCAP, and I played him either a slow song or a sad song. I can't really remember, but most likely it was probably slow and sad. And Ralph just kind of looked at me and said, "Who wants to hear this on Monday morning on their way to work?" Hmm. Good point, Ralph. <laughs> so Ralph called, uh, schooled me. Uh, Damn it, Ralph! You cornered me to logic. <laughs> ah, you and you're thinking about the listener. He, he schooled me on what you know is affectionately known around town as Murphy's Laws, right? Ralph Murphy's Murphy's Laws. So he okay. had a blog that he would or column. I don't know before blogs, whatever. But anyway, some of Murphy's Laws. So first thing on a Monday morning, most folks think, "What are you doing? You're heading off to either uh, a school." Or a job that you don't particularly like, right? Mm-hmm. Your coffee hadn't kicked in yet. Uh, the listeners are still sitting droopy-eyed behind the wheel. They're kind of dreading the next nine to ten hours. Right? Yeah. For, for most people, right? Yep. I mean, for me this morning, I actually had a publisher meeting at eight o'clock. So I had to leave Mount Juliet at seven. Thought an hour to be enough. An hour was not enough. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and so, you know, I'm driving in, but at least it's something I'm looking forward to. But although I'm stressed about, you know, the drive. I'm like, I uh, mm-hmm. don't want to be late. So, you know, I like what I do, and that wasn't fun this morning. Um, so is that time, that morning drive time, is that a good time to hit the listener with a funeral march? Yeah. You know, they they probably already feel like they're on a funeral march of their own. That's <laughs> right? right. To the 
cubicle graveyard, right? So, you know, radio wants to give them something to put a smile on those those little sad faces, those little sad morning faces. Yeah. So, if you don't believe me, think about this. Morning DJs, like the most popular ones. Oh, yeah. Bobby Bones, before that, Jerry House, Ryan Seacrest, whoever your local guy or girl is or combo. Mm-hmm. Are they quietly thoughtful, gloomily sharing the most negative news from the night before? No. What are they like, Johnny? They're they're cutting up, laughing. It's like comedy circus in the morning. Mm-hmm. Ding 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 ding. You know. Yeah. I and they're. Of, I think of of Howard Stern. You know. <laughs> WCCC. <laughs> like when he was having to do all those stupid shows before uh, yeah. he became Howard Stern. <laughs> they're the morning DJs, the popular ones. They're uplifting, they're fun, they're funny, they're positive, right? Yeah, that's a good point. So, I think there's a songwriting lesson in that. Why do they want their DJs to be positive, uplifting, whatever? Because they want listeners listening. So, therefore, they must figure that is a lifting their spirits is a good way to get them to continue listening. I mean, there's the whole brand of, like, I think, K-Love and The Fish, like Christian radio stations, uh-huh. like... Positive, encouraging, K love. Yeah, yeah. That's their like tagline. We're positive and encouraging. You know? <laughs> and if your song is not positive and encouraging, you're probably not gonna get spun a whole lot, right? <laughs> at least at least that should give you a clue if you want to get spun on one of those stations. But yeah, the the DJs, they're positive. They're uplifting. They're maybe sarcastic, they may be whatever their particular flavor is, right? But they keep it they want to keep it up. Yeah. Because they want you listening. So they want to make the listener smile. They give off a, a positive vibe. So you think they're going to be in a big hurry to kill all that positive vibe by playing a bunch of slit your wrist negative songs? Mm-mm. No, right? So they may play one or two kind of downer songs, right? But it's going to be a small majority or a small minority of the songs they play, right? That's that's morning drive time radio. Yeah. So I think, oh, okay, if I want my stuff playing on the radio, let's think about that. Who wants to hear that on the way to work? Oh, yeah, that makes sense. And what okay. do you want to hear on the way to work? Yeah. Now, you know, as creatives, we may be geared a little differently. Like, I can hear a downer ballad slip my wrist anytime. Yeah, and I'm appreciate it. And appreciate it. Like, yeah. oh, it's so good. A lot of people aren't that way. They just want to feel good on the way to work. Yeah. You know, they want something to, a little numbness for the, you know, the, the funeral march into town. Right. So, all right. So, that's, that's the morning drive time. What about the other drive time? You know, there's a drive home, right? So, at this point... What is a listener at the end of the day? They're worn out. They're probably stressed. They're long day. They didn't enjoy. Yeah. They're just trying to decompress a little bit before they get home so they don't tear into their family. Yeah. yeah. You know, they'd be a better husband, be a better mom, whatever. Or maybe gearing up to tear into their family, or, depending on what kind of person it, they are. <laughs> yeah. I can't wait to take this out. Yeah. So, you know, the listener has their own problems, right? They had a bad day at work or even a good day, whatever. But who wants to hear about the singer's problems? Yeah. And so, say if they've had a bad day at work, sometimes you, you know, man, there are times when I was day jobbing, I'd find some old Guns N' Roses, I'd find some some loud rock, and I would crank it up, and I'd kind of let it do this yelling for me. Yeah. What I felt like, right? Yeah. So, a release. Yeah. Other times, you're happy, and you want to hear Walking on Sunshine, because you just got a raise. Mm-hmm. Other times, you want to, you know, you had a bad day, but you want to hear something that at least make you not feel worse. Yeah. You know, when's the good time to go... I want to feel worse. <laughs> you know? right. Not usual, right? That's not the the general trend of what people are wanting to listen. Again, we might as creators, we may listen a little bit differently than a lot of folks. Um, 
So I think that's another thing about is your song road ready? Now, this, these are not rules, but these are tools, ways of thinking about putting yourself in the listener's, I guess, driver's seat. Or right well, shot. you know, what do they want to hear? I'll, I'll add something else to that. Yeah. Um, I remember you saying, I can't remember what publisher that you had the interview with or that you were, you were talking to, but to this day, now these are from professional writers who have publishing deals. Uh-huh. The publishers are getting 90%. Yeah, I think that might have been Tim Hunsey over at Parallel Entertainment. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think that's I'm right. Talking about, yeah, still gets mostly ballads. Ninety percent are ballads, and uh, man, so to me, I just think from a numbers thing. Matt, knock knock. Like if you if you say <laughs> yeah, if you say you know what, the next fifteen songs I'm gonna write just as an exercise mm-hmm. in intentional, being intentional, and an exercise in uh, like a creative sort of. I'm going to corny you over here for a second. You know, yeah. don't write anything that doesn't have a tempo. Yeah. You know, you can still be happy yep. or it can be sad. Don't write anything that doesn't have a tempo. It's got to have a tempo. And yeah. Those 15 songs are going to be like, I mean, clearly for whatever reason, it just mm-hmm. seems to me that all songwriters skew towards a ballad. Like yeah. they're just drawn towards a ballad. Most, like, I don't know why time. that is. I don't, I, I don't know why that is. Why is that? Right? Like, <laughs> I, I think for myself, as a lyricist, right? So I, I come at it kind of more idea first. And for some reason, the, those kind of ballad, the deeper, the heavier, maybe set. Pain is more interesting to dive into and, and dissect and pull stuff out of maybe yeah. than happiness. Right. When you're happy, you just kind of want to go be happy. When you're sad, it's when you sit down in your room with your little notebook that you scribble all over in your guitar That's and you're like point. letting stuff out that has to come out. Most people are like, I'm so happy. I can lock myself in my room. <laughs> you know, pull out my ukulele. <laughs> no, it's like I'm running down the sidewalk, you know, going being happy. Uh, so I think that's where a lot of people start is that angst that I got to get stuff out. I don't know how to get this stuff out. And, and so, clearly they don't end there. I mean, even when they become pro, they're still they're still, still shoveling that out. Yeah, a good pain idea in lyric just seems a lot more interesting and maybe just easier than... And also, you want to touch emotions, and you're pulling emotion out of yourself. And a lot of time, that ends up being the balladish, the yeah, the, those kind of heartfelt. Do you stuff, think? But do, do you think you a know. publisher like you could ever go to a publisher meeting and play them like, you know, I'm exaggerating, but like you know, yeah. twenty like kick butt upbeat songs, and they're gonna be like, well, do you have any ballads? Like, uh, that would think be that weird. Probably ever happen. That would probably be weird. Yeah. Like, wow. Okay. Like even just yeah. hearing ten. 10, 20 songs in a row that are that are upbeat, they'd be like, okay. Okay, like, let's, yeah. Let's... I mean, they might just be out of curiosity to, to see if you can go there, but, you know, it's more out of curiosity than, yeah, but give me something I can pitch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, right. Like, like, I got plenty of ballads. Like, here's here's a whole bunch of fresh new songs. Just, yeah. Man, just, just let me put you in the top 10% of opportunities yeah. if it's not a ballad starting right off with that. Yeah, yeah. It's just so, you're more what they're they're looking for. I mean, it could be if it's the right ballad or slower song, slower mid to ballad. It just has to be like song of the year type song, or you wrote it with the artist, mm-hmm. right? That's but, kind of uh, different. But you know what? Like, for branding, I even think about this. Like back in the '80s, right? The hair band thing. It's where mm-hmm. I came from. Like the first song that they would always have would be a rocker, right? Yeah. When they're developing the brand for the band, mm-hmm. their hair bands, their rock and roll, they're cool. The first song is Welcome to the Jungle. Yeah. The second song is Sweet Child of Mine. Yeah. You know, the first song is, um, uh, you know, uh, off of White Snake. Um, 
I can't remember the name of it now, but, uh, but then the second song was the ballad. You know, it's, yeah. said, the ballad was always the second song. Yeah. So mm-hmm. when you're doing the branding kind of thing as a songwriter, do the same thing. Like, come in and show them a bunch of your upbeat stuff, mm-hmm. then playing the ballad. Because otherwise, I feel like you can get an eye roll right off the bat. Like, well, oh. it's just like, hey, this person may not know what we need. Yeah. But if you're leading with, I know what you need. You need yeah. tempos. You always need, and if it's a strong tempo, now I'd rather play a great ballad than a sucky tempo. Yeah. But if you only have sucky tempos, you're not really ready for that meeting yet. Good point. But, you know, and but, if Guns N' Roses say, if Welcome to the Jungle had not been a hit, Sweet Child of Mine wouldn't have been next. That's right. They would have said, well, okay, let's just take another swing at a tempo. I bet. Yep. Because they know that's what radio wants. Better play wants. Brownstone or something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Radio wants tempo. So if we got to get one of those that works, and then they'll be willing to listen so, so this is side. this is kind of an exercise too. We're getting off the beaten path a little bit here. Yeah, but, but this, it's all good. But this is an exercise, like in I really didn't have much in sa- <laughs> for this one. So in, in sales, <laughs> I mean, like like a good. So I got a twenty five year sales career. You know, I've been uh-huh. national sales manager for a lot of different like corporate entities. Mm-hmm. Man, w- w- people shop by comparison. Yeah, they don't shop by quality. We think we do. But we don't. Mm-hmm. We like to think we do. We like to think we know all about it, that we've done all the research. But at the end of the day, we shop by comparison, yeah. you know? And so, I mean, you don't really, most most people, 99.9% of people, don't really know the difference between a four-cylinder engine and a six-cylinder engine, except that it's two more cylinders. Therefore, it should be, you know, more powerful, 50% right. more powerful. And mm-hmm. it's bigger, so it should cost more, right? Right. But then your mind could be blown when you're like, this Lotus Esprit over here is four-cylinder engine could blow away like your eight-cylinder yeah. And they're like, wait, what? Like, yeah. So you don't really know. We think we know, but we don't know. We shop yeah. by comparison. And so when you think about that, like a good real estate agent is going to go out, if they know you want to buy a craftsman home, they're going to do two things. And maybe they figured out from talking to you that you're the kind of person that's the fixer-upper. Mm-hmm. Or maybe you're the kind of person that wants to buy it and there's little work to do. I mean, there's no, there's no right or wrong answer. They just have to know who you are, right? Mm-hmm. They have to know who their customer is. Right. So a good real estate agent, mark my words, is going to show you three homes. Mm-hmm. Two of them are going to be craftsmen. And mm-hmm. one of them is going to be some outlandish thing that you don't want to see. But yeah. that's by design. That's intentional. They're going to show you the first crappy thing that's not a craftsman home first. Then they're going to show you... The craftsman home that you don't want, if you're the person that's the fixer-upper, they're going to show you the perfect craftsman home. Mm-hmm. It's all down. Oh, this is kind of cool. And then they're going to show you the deal on the block, which is what you really want. That's the last thing you're going to see. Mm-hmm. That's the craftsman home, the kind of home that you want that requires the work that you need. And it's everything right there. And you have already, this one looks way better mm-hmm. because of what you've already seen. Mm-hmm. Okay, they won't. They're not going to show you what they think they're going to sell you first. Yeah. So think about that in terms of like your songs, yeah, like when you're yeah. pitching it. Yeah, if you got that knockdown drag out ballad, play them a couple really killer up tempos, and then now, by the way, yeah, and then they're going to be all frothy you and do it all. Like, oh my gosh, you're the best thing that ever happened. Yeah. yeah. Instead of oh another ballad, you know, because the bottom line is that ballad isn't going to start right out with a lyric. It's yeah. probably going to be, you know, at least Double eight bars of st- stuff yeah. of viral and like, oh, God, please yeah. not. And yeah. then he's thinking. He's inside his head or she's inside her head, yeah. the publisher. So I just thought of that. But yeah. yeah. So it's, you know, again, the same thing, though. You're putting yourself in the mind of the listener. Yeah. Is it road ready? You know, is it who wants to hear this in the in the vehicle? Um and I think that's an important thing to, to think about. I, I went through one of my old notebooks. I kept this old notebook with a lot of notes, just my kind of my songwriting journal 
from back in my Arkansas days and when I first started making trips to Nashville and had first moved here for like the first year. Like all my meeting notes were in here from publisher meetings, ASCAP, you know, the meeting, the meeting I had with Ralph Murphy I talked about was probably notes were in there and just my musings. In it. So it's interesting. Every once in a while I go back and I'll look through there and like, what was my plan? My, my songs that I was pitching and right. my best stuff. And, oh, that's cool. Yeah. And it was interesting because there's a song Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. I'd written with a writer in town, and it was um, basically it's called "Lonely at the Bottom." And I wrote this with the hit number one writer, but I brought in the idea, and you know the phrase "Lonely at the Top." Yeah. Well, you know it's pretty dang lonely at the bottom too. And, and the thing was like, you know, basically it was a, it was a breakup song. You know, she was gone, and he's like, you know, I hope you know you're doing well. She's climbing that ladder. She's climbing up to the top, but he's like, you know, it's kind of lonely at the bottom too. And it wasn't just the fact he was at the bottom because she left or whatever, but also, and it, but it had some drive, kind of Montgomery Gentry kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but also the fact that you know he's he's been knocked down like work wise, you know he's you know got let go at the whatever, and right. and so the, all this it stuff, all came together. It all came together storm, lonely yeah. at the bottom, right? And I saw some notes where I played it for some publishers, you know, because I was just trying to get feedback. They're like, man, you, you, what do they say? Too much pity for the singer. Mm-hmm. You know, don't make me feel sorry for the singer. Yeah. I was like, oh, interesting. You know, and looking at those notes now, it's not that the singer can't lose, right? But they shouldn't be kind of a loser, right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, uh, it's just a little too much going, oh, you left me and you're climbing the ladder and not only that, but I lost my freaking job and you. And it just, it was It's like really cut to risk kind it of was stuff. Little, yeah, even though there's some drive and some Montgomery Gentry kind of. Think about that in terms of uh, the breakdown you did on Marry Me. Right, mm-hmm. where he's like, she's gonna get married, but she doesn't want to marry me. So that's yeah. pity, pity, pity. But then in that bridge, he's he's a good guy. He's though. a good guy, and he's not gonna hold it against her. And so there's a, a redemption in there. Yeah, he's not a loser. He just lost. Yeah, 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 yeah. And say that again, because that's good. Yeah, it's okay for your singer to have lost, but you don't want him to be a loser. Right. Generally speaking. Yeah. You know, and that's what it is in that song. He he lost. You yeah. marry me. He lost. 
but he wasn't a loser. I mean, because he's a good guy, you know, probably you feel empathy for this person. He's he's a good guy, and probably a lot of girls are like, I'll marry you. you yeah, all the girls are like uh, that. Well, for him <laughs> particularly. Yeah. So, uh, but it was interesting seeing that. It's like he was, or you know, there was another one where um, I wrote with a, a mutual buddy of ours years ago. And it was like uh, a guy song, but it was like, you know, she reminds me of you. There's this girl in this coffee shop I see now and again, and she's got her green eyes, whatever, but, you know, she she reminds me of you and whatever. And the thing is, like, because she's a stranger and she treats me like a stranger. You know, she reminds me of you. Ooh. Talking about, you know, yeah. your ex or your current about-to-be ex or whatever. And That's it just, wicked. Yeah, but it was cool. We wrote it, but one of the publisher notes, too, was like, oh, too much pity for the singer. My God. You know, it's just like, yeah. oh, who wants to be that guy that's just like kind of belly aching about, you don't treat me right. Yeah. It depends. And it was more ballady, too, so it was just kind of too, too woe much. is me. Yeah. Too much pity on the singer. So I thought that was interesting. Kind of feeds into the, like, hey, the listener has their own problems. Yeah. So some of that stuff you can get away with, but it depends on how you frame it. Do you put enough muscle behind it where it's not just a like that song um, these days by Rascal Flatts? I've mentioned it several times in my blog and teaching and stuff. But you know, this is that uh, where he's running into the, the old girlfriend and hey, girl, is that you? Why your hair got so long? Yeah, I love it. Yeah, I really do. And all this stuff. They're catching up. And I heard you married a rodeo cowboy. Wow, that ain't the girl I knew. And all this stuff. And that's kind of what you're up to. What am I up to? Well, and of course, it's, well, I wake up and teardrops, they fall down like rain. I put on that old song we danced to. And then I head off to my job. Because not much has changed. Come home. Check the phone. You know, just in case. Go to bed. Dream of you. That's what I'm doing these days. Man, get over it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it's so, if you just read that, you're like, if you actually said that to somebody, that would be like, she'd be like, awkward. Well, yeah. <laughs> my plane, they don't wait, do they? <laughs> so, bless you. That's funny. But, uh, you know, but they put it in a big, feel good, big melody. So it didn't feel as whiny as the lyric is. Like, if they put that in a ballad. Yeah, you know, I wake up and teardrops they fall <laughs> right. like red. You know, whatever. Be like, oh my gosh, no one would cut that thing. Yeah, but instead, it was a big number one for them, and it was totally whiny, really. <laughs> but yeah. the melody pulled it out of that, so you didn't feel that way. Right, you felt emotional, but you didn't feel like totally what was me. So pity, pity. So the the melody kind of helped pulled it out of that. Um, but that was the song was a big hit. So, you know. Uh, going back to the people at the end of the day, maybe they want songs to help them forget about the day or songs to help them blow off some steam like those angry, you know, take this job and shove it or whatever. But odds are they don't want songs that are going to send them into a deeper funk on the drive home. Or right, maybe they had a good day and they want to celebrate, right? Celebrate good times. Come on. Yeah. It's time to celebrate and have a good time. That's right. Um, in which case, it's definitely time for a positive song. Or they're like, it's Friday. I'm free. I don't have to be me till Monday. Let's let's party. Let's crank it up and let's yeah. go. Because tonight we're going out. Yeah. Because I've worked all week. So anyway, you look at it. Radio is mostly going to play like positive songs. Even if they're not positive, maybe feel good. Like these days, wasn't positive, but it felt good. Yeah. It make you feel good. Even yeah. though it's it's heartache with the beat, right? So, you know, it may make the listener feel good, feel empowered, and generally make them more open to listening through the next round of commercials. Because that's radio's goal. 
Radio's goal is not to get you to listen to songs. It's to get you to listen through commercials. That's right. Because that's how they make their money. And so I think just in general, in doubt, when in doubt, write positive songs. Or at least if you do a heartache, do heartache with a beat. Something that's going to make them feel good, even if it's not a positive song. I mean, like Ugly Kid Joe, I hate everything about you. Yeah. <laughs> not a positive song. No. It feel good. It's fun. But the, it was a huge hit for them. And I personally hated that song. Like, but and it was a big I hit. Like, I never liked those guys. Yeah, but it was like, it's a huge hit. It was huge a massive hit. Yeah. hit. Like that one song put them on the map. Yeah. For sure. And you know what? Like, okay, I got a challenge. Like, go back and take an inventory of the last 15 songs that you wrote. Mm-hmm. How many of them? Like, it might be kind of sobering. To be like, mm-hmm. oh, these are all slow bows that are just blah, blah. yeah. And then, like for the next fifteen, just just to see if you can do it, right? Mm-hmm. Just to see if you can do it. Just write nothing but at least upbeat. If you're gonna put a negative thing in there, mm-hmm. like with the with the Rascal Flats yeah. thing, make it upbeat. Like and and yeah, how's and, it gonna make the listener feel? Yeah, yeah. and make it feel good. Yeah, you know, make it feel good, and mm-hmm. then. See what happens with it. I just feel like that's a worthwhile artistic exercise. Mm-hmm. You know, like maybe you're in a funk or something like that. Yeah. Well, this is the... it's market research. Yeah, we're in sales. Yeah, we're in the problem solving business. We're in the service business. Yeah. If you want to write commercial songs to get on the radio, you need to understand what gets on the radio. Yeah, and stop trying to bend reality to your will, but go. What are they buying? Yeah, what and the market have? decides. You don't get to decide. You know. Yeah, you don't. It's. I mean, I can write songs and and wish that the market would come over. To an extent, you kind of do that. You try to write ahead of the market, but it also makes sense to go. Well, what are they buying? Yeah. Oh, maybe I should at least think about that. I mean, we just started the uh, C four experience this uh, this month. So every um, every week in October, I'm meeting with a, a small group of writers, and we're just going through to learn how to write market smart songs. And, mm-hmm. and so, one of the lessons coming up is dive it into positive up-tempo and love or depth songs and part of it is to go hey okay pick your chosen chart whatever genre whatever you know your target is for me it's the country chart and here's the top go to the top 20 and you chart them as far as going are, is the song positive make me feel good is it tempo what's the tempo is it up-tempo mid or slow and is it like a love song lost love song or some sort of life depth kind of song you know mm-hmm. and let's do the math and see what and then go back six months find an old chart and for another reference point and see if it's changed much and man you go in the top 20 it doesn't matter if the artist wrote it it doesn't matter if somebody else wrote it it's like mostly up tempo mostly positive yep. and mostly love Yeah. and now go and find your 15 what you feel like is your strongest songs and do the same thing to them and look at that, and you're like, oh, I'm 50% ballad, and I'm 40% positive, and I'm, you know, mostly write songs about donuts or whatever. Yeah, go back and, and go, take an inventory oh, of not, what's really going on. Yeah, I'm not really reflecting. I don't look like what I'm trying to sell to. Yeah. And not that you have to be exactly carbon copy what they do, but. But there's catharticism. There's catharsis in there. Like, I remember listening to an interview with uh, Janie Lane from Warren was talking about mm-hmm. like he always wrote songs for his band. They wrote their, you know, he was the songwriter mm-hmm. guy. And then this one time, he got the opportunity to write uh, the soundtrack for a movie. Yeah. And he's like, 
it was really fun because I didn't have to go to this one spot in my heart or whatever. Yeah. I sort of had to write about the story and I yeah. had to think about, I had to watch the movie and think about the different stories that were mm-hmm. going on. And it, it was a different way to be creative. It was like in this other room that was right next door to the one I'm used to writing yeah. in. And it can be like really artistically freeing just to try to go into that other room. Mm. You know, just yeah. even even if it's for like, you know, make it five songs, but just, just say, okay, I'm not going to do anything but write up-tempo songs for the next five songs or 10 yeah. songs or 15. And, and do that. And I think it'll be... It's cleansing, right? Mm-hmm. Or even take some of your ballads and go. All I'm right, switch them out. How, I'm just going to try and rev them up, and just rev them up. Um, That's pretty sick. <laughs> uh, you know, I did a teaching thing with Jimmy Yeary at Martha's Vineyard, and he wrote a hit for Rascal Flatts called "Yes I Do." Uh-huh. And anyway, he was you know he was not in a happy place that day when he went to his co-write. He was yeah. just sad and whatever and. And moping around, and he's like, I'm just not feeling like writing a tempo. But eventually, his, his co-writer, who's a pro, knows what he's doing, was like, hold on, I'm just going to put a reggae beat. I'm just going to start kind of playing this reggae feel, and you just tell me what you're feeling. He's like, do I cry? Do I do this stuff? Wake up in the night and start to cry? Yes, I do. Do I do this? Do I do that? Yes, I do. You know, so this really kind of mopey lyric, but it had this, like, reggae you know, feel under it, which felt so good. Yeah. And they got a Rascal Flats cut out of it. Because they did it, because they just changed the they feel. They just of. changed the feel, but it was a very, he's like, I was just telling how I felt, and I felt like crap. Okay, basically. so. I was sad and heartbroken and whatever, and I just poured that out, but he's like, okay, but to that so beat. reggae. So that, <laughs> that okay, cool. so that's something that, that's something that famous producer Rick Rubin used to do, mm-hmm. and he was always with the same drum beat. He did it successfully with Weezer, mm-hmm. and he did it successfully with uh, Tom Petty, mm-hmm. where he would wait until like a week before the downbeat and the records start and the trains on the tracks are about mm-hmm. to go in and record, and then he comes back and he 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 kind of BSs the artist and he's like, yeah. "Look, the label says they're not hearing a single. We got to write something because he wants to put pressure on him." Mm-hmm. And he'd be like, "Here," and he would hand him, "Pour some sugar on me." Okay, from Def Leppard. But just the well, he just hand him that song and say, "Write something to this drumbeat." <laughs> Yeah. You know, so he'd hand the full song, not just a drum hand beat. the full song and say, oh. "Write it to make make a song around this drum beat," and that became the the lead off single for Weezer's. That mm-hmm. was Beverly Hills. Beverly Hills. Yeah. That's where I wanna be. And then uh, it's good to be king. Mm-hmm. Tom Petty. Same kind. Of, that was his. Now they're twisted versions of it. I mean, yeah, they're not the same song. There's but no. Yeah, but copyright issue. But there. that drum beat. That big hit drum beat, like he just would say, hey, start here, write it to this. And they didn't have time to mess around and think about it because they were under the gun. And so they just did this thing, right? And this diamond came out of all this pressure. Mm -hmm. You know, on another note real quick, because we're running a little bit long, but um, you were talking about just picking some really horrible lyrics or something, you know, like like sad lyrics and putting them upbeat. (laughs) You know who did a really killer job of that with the number one song was the producer that did Natalie Imbruglia's Torn. Do you remember that? Yeah. Back in the day? So I encourage everybody, if you kind of want to get a feel for this, go re- reacquaint yourself with the song, because you know the song, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Natalie Imbruglia, the song's called Torn, but the original writer, okay, go and look for the original writer. I can't remember her name, mm-hmm. but... But if you go to, if you look at the lyrics, uh, maybe it'll say at the bottom of this because I'm looking at the lyrics. It does. Anne Previn. Anne Previn. P R E V E N. Listen to Anne Previn's original version mm. of this song. It's this terror 
your flesh from bone, sad ballad that is like, you know, I'm all out of faith. This is how I feel. I'm cold and I am shamed, lying naked on the floor. Illusion never changed into something real. I'm wide awake and I can see the perfect sky is torn. You're a little late. I'm already torn. I mean, it's brutal. Wah, wah, wah. And then, you know, yeah. you know, I'm all out of faith. This is how I feel. And it's like totally worked, yeah. right? And I remember her being interviewed, Ann Previn being interviewed on uh, Howard Stern. And he was like, man, aren't you just pissed off that that producer just just ruined your song he's like I can't believe it because she sang it for him live and he's like oh my god that's incredible and yeah. she's like pissed off no that what? bought me in my own studio that bought me this that bought me that I can walk in any record label I want talk to whoever I want like yeah. no it was great you know she didn't give a damn because some writers get all wound up about that you know? yeah oh yeah but what an interesting thing like just made me think of that with the lyric to a faster tempo yeah. and what a, what a great exercise that would be for a songwriter take your mm. last five ballads and try to make them and into just- yeah. Just for giggles, just yeah. for finger painting exercises. Like, what could you come up with? What do you have? You have nothing to lose because you have. If you like the new version, sweet. If you like the old version, you still have it. Yeah, it doesn't go away. Yeah, that, funny. That reminds me of that old Tom Hanks movie, uh, that thing you do. Yeah, about the wonders, the old yeah. eaters. Yeah, and you know they had this ballad, or Jamie or whoever the lead singer wrote this. You know, you doing that thing. You do. Whatever, yeah, you know, that yeah. that ballad. And then they get that new drummer, Shades, and the, the first gig, he just starts playing. They're like, you're playing too fast. Start playing. You doing that? You know, then they have a hit. They're like, you're playing too fast. He's like, whatever. You know? He's like, let's rock the house, man. Yeah. Shades. Yeah. And it's for one-hit wonders. So, anyway, well, not, not a real example, but a fun movie. Well, right on. Well, if anybody <laughs> wants to, to uh, help their song along... Mm-hmm. They can do what with you? Well, you know, a great place to start with me is a gift from Brent.com. I have a free ebook where you can uh, download uh, an ebook that I'm just giving away. It's called Think Like a Pro Songwriter. And just go to giftfrombrent.com. It gives you insight into kind of how pros think and it gets you going. It also uh, puts you on the Songwriting Pro Insiders list so you can find out about opportunities to to get a hangout with pro writers and publishers and all kinds of stuff that we're doing so it gets you in the know on that those opportunities and uh, you know you get the blog shows up every week with tidbits like this and and all that good stuff so it's it's free gift from brent.com boom there you go all right guys well listen once again uh thank you very much to disc makers we're proud yes. to partner with them they've got everything you need from cds dvds and T-shirts, hats, like the whole they get DVDs and they ev- bit, whatever, whatever you need, they got it. I'm telling you, like it's killer. Um, and join the climb community, guys, on Facebook. We'll let you in. There's a lot of really good stuff going on in there. I yeah. mean, people talking back and forth, answering questions, good stuff. Brett, Brett and I still, for the most part, are getting in. It, you know, if you're asking us a question, we'll mm-hmm. get in on it um, and and spend some time. I think everybody would agree on the cloud community that we spend some quality time yeah you know, it's a good place if, it's a, if we gotta answer something um, and then uh, subscribe to the podcast make sure that you leave a five star rating review it takes you 30 seconds that helps us out and share it we're here this podcast exists because we want you to win guys so keep on climbing and we'll see you at the top
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 